This episode is called Living the Dream, changing the perception of what we think life needs to be, following the plan of God's will and purpose. Yes, and on today's episode, we have Joe Mom, an author, coach, and entrepreneur. He's also the founder of Summit Leaders, an outdoor adventure and personal coaching experience to help people find their calling and pursue a vision for their lives. He has traveled in over 70 countries on six continents, y'all. Six continents. And he will be sharing the story of his transition to his calling. Also, we have a giveaway coming up. Yep, yep. Hi, Joel. Welcome. So, Joel, within 30 seconds, can you tell us a little bit more about you? I help people find their calling through two different means. We do personal development coaching, where we walk them through learning more about themselves, their strengths, their weaknesses, and their history, and how God wants to use that. And I also help them expand their perspective through adventure. So we use outdoor adventure. So that's kind of the essence of what I do. Oh, wow. <laughs> You've accomplished a lot. So, but let us talk about the Joe before the coaching and the adventures, the Joe that many of us, like in our early 20s or 30s, finding ourselves in right now, like who was that Joe? Yeah, I was actually just talking to a college group about this recently. I went to college and had some big dreams. I wasn't exactly sure what those dreams were, but I knew I wanted to do something impact the world. Of course, the challenge is when you look at college and you look at kind of the competition in the world and the market and the the difficulty of just the way things are, I kind of looked around and said, man, there's a huge gap between where I am and where I want to be. But yet at the same time, I felt like God had put a a desire in my heart to, well, start out with doing the outdoor adventures. So funny thing was I was kind of on the track to go to law school. I was doing a pre-law degree and figured I'd take the LSAT. But it was during that time that I started trying all sorts of different stuff. One of the things that was intriguing to me was this guy invited me to go climb a mountain with him in Russia. And I was, you know, a poor college student, but I managed to scrounge up the money to go. And it was out there that I kind of got a vision for what I, the outdoor adventure side of what I was doing. And which is interesting because after that, it was kind of one thing led to another is while I was doing the outdoor adventure trips, I realized I wanted to get more education in doing counseling. So I shifted for my master's degree from pre-law political science to to counseling. So I think what a lot of college students, I think one of the things they say is, I spoke at a college the other day and they said, well, what certifications do I need to get to do what you're doing? And I said, I think that's the wrong question. I think the wrong question is what certifications do I need? I think the question you need to be asking yourself is, what do you like? Like, what do you enjoy doing? And figure out, how you can do that. I think that we've been convinced somehow that a college degree is the cure-all to all of our need for guidance. And it's not. (laughs) Yeah, most of the people I know that are doing amazing stuff would say, yeah, it's not actually even in my degree. (laughs) True, true, yeah. So that's where I was. And I'm again, I'm a big fan of, of college, but I also don't think it's for everybody. So again, that's completely against conventional wisdom of the day. Everybody says, go to college. It's the answer. But as you're find, a lot of people are finding it's not the answer. It's actually the debt of it. I say, if you're going to go to college, try as hard as you can to stay out of debt because the debt of it is what's crushing most people into stepping into careers that they don't necessarily want to be in, but they have no other choice because they've got to pay off $100,000 worth of college debt. 
So that's completely a tangent, but (laughs) (laughs) we totally get it because we would definitely have been through our college stories as well. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and honestly, I think that's what keeps a lot of people from pursuing what really is in their heart is they've got this huge weight sitting over them and what they want to do to get it started is not going to initially make the money they need to pay off those college loans. So instead they're they're a slave to that degree rather than making that degree work for them. Right. Yeah, makes sense. I know you mentioned you went climbing in Russia and that's where you kind of got your idea of what you would love to do. Can you like within a short period of (laughs) a few seconds, like just describe how it came about? Because I know I read your book, like I mentioned, and it just, I try to visualize it the way the idea came down, but well, came down from heaven, I would say. (laughs) Something like that. So can you like visually explain how like you taking people on adventures kind of came to you while you were on that mountain? Yeah. We, first of all, I had no business being on that mountain. <laughs> I had no clue what I had gotten myself into. So what happened is we were actually the guy I went with, he bailed out early on in the hike. He was like, I'm, I can't do this. And, and I, so, That's so, mean. so it so was fun. me and, and the rest and a couple of random people from guy from England, a girl from California. So we were hiking and all of a sudden this whiteout it's where a storm hits our side of the mountain. We knew it was going to be bad that day when I woke up that morning. There was summit day. We had made it actually, it was a four day climb and we had made it to our fourth day when it was summit day. But I woke up that morning and it was snowing hard and I thought, oh great, I'm off the hook because I realized I was in way over my head. But the guide, he said, you know, no, we're, we're, we're moving forward. The guy named Boris. And I was like, oh boy. So we got out and started hiking and it just got increasingly worse. And at some point I had this realization, I realized this is not a good place for me to be in with my level of feel here. Because the people that were with me, they were very So I said, I'm out. I turned around. Uh, one of the guides took me to go back. But it was it was so, the, in, the snow was so intense that we had lost the trail. And I remember she had me sit down. She said, just sit here for a second. I'm going to go try and find the trail. And I said, I remember sitting in the snow. You just hear the snow pelting on my Gore-Tex jacket. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I am on the side of a mountain in Russia. Everybody else at home is asleep in Texas. They don't know the danger I'm in here. And But yet something in me really felt alive. And I, I felt like, you know, I need to help people have experiences like this that shift their perspective. And I really felt like God put that in my heart in that place on the mountain. Funny thing is, I, I failed at climbing that mountain. So I'm thinking, well, who's going to follow me up a mountain? You know, I haven't, I didn't even make it to the top of this one. <laughs> but the passion was there for the adventure side of it and, and the power of it, which is something that you kind of later we kind of, a friend of mine, Mark Batterson, he, he shared this formula. And I said, that's it. It's, the formula is this change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. And that's kind of the formula behind what I found happens on trips is when you get out and change up to where you're at, you change your regular routine, it opens up your eyes to, for God to, to speak something different to you. So that's kind of what happened with that. And I literally had no clue how to start. And, but over the next year, that's what I talk about in the book Vision Map, God gave me some really practical things I could do. And he did some miracles for me, really, because I didn't know what I was doing. He opened the doors for, for me to be able to start leading teams on four-month backpacking teams around, uh, backpacking trips around the world. Oh, that was awesome, right out of college. Man. I was thinking about it this morning. It's, it really is pretty amazing that God allowed me to do that right out of college. Right, where there isn't much more money after. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, and again, I managed to squeeze four years of college into six years. 
<laughs> but, but I paid for college by working my way through. I turned down the high-end school I wanted to go to, went with a state school instead because I was determined to get out without debt. And honestly, I think part of the reason I was able to pursue my dream right away, again, going back to that, is because I had chosen that path. So, yeah, so I was still broke, but I wasn't in the hole. You were not, like, in the negative, bro. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't in the red. I was just, it was flatline. Solidly broke. <laughs> Okay. Oh, she's saying girls. I'm so sorry, Joel. You're just making us crack up. Okay. So just like you said, with the whole debt thing, a lot of millennials are facing that pressure, not only like to pay debt, but also to achieve like the world standards of being somebody or being successful and quote. And we believe uh, that's why we actually uh, named the episode living the dream because we believe that actually living and fulfilling God's purpose in your life is actually living the dream versus what the world says living the dream is. So obviously, apparently you're moving to, you're actually living the dream, you know, moving towards like your God-given purpose and you're doing what God has instilled in you. So how do you know you are? And like, what's your measure? How do you measure the fact that you're actually being within God's purpose? Well, I think that God, Proverbs says, the way of the transgressor is hard. I think that we know God makes it really clear to us when we're out of God's will. But what I've found is the question I get a lot. So I'm, there's a verse in Isaiah, and it says, when you sway to the left or to the right, you'll hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk there in it. And I've found the more I walk with God, unfortunately, the quieter he gets. Because his goal is to build a maturity in us that gives us the freedom to, to just to not need turn-by-turn -turn directions from him. I think God's will is very, very, very wide. Now, I this was a revelation for me. I actually learned this in college. You know, I always grew up hearing, you know, the path is narrow and straight. And, and it's true. The way to get into salvation is very narrow. Jesus is the only way. But once you get in that door, King David says he brought me into a wide place. And I think of it, I just think of it like this, this huge field of green, green grass and God says, hey, you're in the door. Your, your salvation is secure. I want you to learn to just go and live free, whatever it is that's in your heart to do, because he puts those desires in your heart. And so I think sometimes we get hung up in like, what's God's will for my life? And the bottom line is God's will for your life is to be more like him. And man, you can do that flipping burgers at a hamburger joint or being president of the United States. It's all equal in God's eyes. His concern is that you become more like him. So the way you know you're in God's will is if just asking him what, he, what does he want for you and then doing what's in front of you. That's the biggest part of it. And, and again, here's the cool thing is if you sway to the left or to the right, you'll hear a voice saying walk there in it. But what that tells me is most of the time you're not going to hear turn by turn directions from God. But he's big enough to correct you if you are getting off the path. So if I tell people if you're not hearing anything, it probably means you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And if you're questioning it, ask yourself this. Am I doing the last thing he showed me to do or the last thing that was put in front of me? And if you're doing that, I think you're right in the middle of God's will. So if you're in college and you're saying, I know I'm supposed to be in college, but man, I really am getting burned out and tired. Well, if you really felt like God said to go to college, if he opened the door for you to go, push on through with college. If you had a job offered to you, push on through with that until God presents something else for you. Now, there's a whole nother level to this of fear, because a lot of times God asks us to do something or an opportunity is placed in front of us, and we don't take the step of courage. So that's a whole nother issue we could talk about if you want to. But in terms of God's will in your life, I think if you're seeking him, 
him, most of the time he's saying, sometimes he'll give you very specific instructions, like with me. He, I felt like he said, start taking people on outdoor adventures. But I think most of the time you just do what God puts in front of you and be faithful with that. And one thing will lead to another. That's the story of my life. One thing led to another. And as I look back, I see God's hand was guiding me through it. But at the time, I wasn't exactly, it wasn't like I was hearing turn by turn GPS instructions from on high in a thunderous cloud. <laughs> so I, I don't, I think we want that sometimes. Yes, yes we God's do. Goal, <laughs> yeah, God's goal for babies. maturity for us is for us to be able to make wise decisions and, and move forward trusting that he's guiding us. Right. So, Joel, earlier you had mentioned the vision map. How would you advise users use that? You know, for our listeners that are just hearing about it for the first time, can you just, you know, kind of highlight what it is and then, you know, how they can use it practically? Yeah, so the vision map is basically when I got out of college or when I was about to get out of college my senior year after I climbed that mountain, I said, God, how do I get from leading outdoor adventure teams to you know, how do I start doing that? And I felt like he kind of gave me this really simple system to do it. And, and what it is, as I wrote, I got a poster board. I stuck it in my little room I was renting. And on the board, I, I grabbed out a black marker and a red marker. And I started thinking, obviously, there's some things God's going to have to miraculously come through for. But I can't control that. God's going to have to do that on his time. But there are some steps I can be taking right now. So the vision map is very simply this. When my coaching program, we look at five areas of your life and we look at your family, your finances, your career, your ministry, and your personal goals because all of those are connected. And then we do this vision map concept, which is basically saying, where are you right now and where do you want to be in each of those areas? So I start out doing this. Mine would have been kind of in the career slash ministry area of that vision map chart. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm graduating college. I have no money. So uh, that's the reality. So I wrote in black, I have no money. But I'm going to need a way to get money. So I figured out a way to fund what I wanted to do. It happened to be I raised support for those trips. And then I started writing out in black the steps I could take. I knew I needed to start an, a not-for-profit organization to handle the funds for it. But I knew that I had no clue how to start one. So I, I hit her all of a sudden when I, when I got to something that I couldn't do on my own, I pulled out a red marker and I wrote it very specifically. I said, Lord, I need you to provide somebody to help me walk through starting this not-for-profit. And in the book, I talk about guy named Mr. Andrews, happened to be a lawyer. I, I knew him, but I, I never thought to ask him the favor of helping me. And he ended up giving pro bono his services to help me set up this not-for-profit organization that I would have never been able to do on my own. And he did it. So that was my first red letter impossible thing that God came through for. And then all of a sudden, there's, that opened up more things that I could take, more steps that I could take. So I started promoting it and telling everybody I knew about it. So those were black letter things, things that I could do. And it's, it's kind of this Irenaeus, St. Irenaeus concept where he says, you've got to work as if it depends on you and you've got to pray as if it depends on God because both are true. So the vision map concept is simply breaking down what are the steps I can take right now to get where I feel like I need to go and then when I get and what are the things that, that God's going to just have to supernaturally come through on and you know you've got a God-sized idea when your dream requires God's intervention because he never gives us stuff to do that we could do on our own because then we wouldn't need him. So if you've got a dream that's if you're sitting in college, you're millennial, you're looking at a mountain of debt, you're looking at all the stuff you want to do, and you're saying, man, there's no way this can happen. That's, hey, God's probably put a God-sized vision in you because he wants you to depend on him. But you've got to take the practical steps, those black letter items you've written out on your chart, the steps you can take right now to move towards that. And then when you get to something that only God can do, keep praying and trusting him. And then keep your eyes open because, man, I have found he comes through in ways we would have never thought of on our own. And if we're looking for him to come through in one specific, like, this is the way I need you to come through, God, you might miss it when he actually wants to bail you out through another way. Right. So 
So Joel, on your journey with fulfilling God's call on your life, over time, you've met different people and over time, different people will give you different suggestions and different ways they think you should improve this or that. Now, with all those voices in your head and the voice of God and your vision, how do you manage to stay focused on your mission? That's a great question because honestly, sometimes the mission gets a little vague. A lot of people come to me and they're, you know, when you write a book on vision, people think, oh my gosh, you must be an expert on it. <laughs> the irony, right? <laughs> yeah, and I tell people, listen, I got to be honest, about 90% of the time, I have no clue what I'm doing. But I think the key to staying focused is figuring out, you know, what is, and again, this is one of the things I work with people in my coaching program on, and I just actually released a, a free book about this. It's a really great workbook. I probably should have charged for it, but I'm giving it away. And I think a lot of the key is figuring out what's the unique message God has placed in you. And the way you figure that out is by looking back at your life, the good, the bad, the ugly of it, and seeing what has God uniquely prepared you to share. I say, in, I say in Vision Map that God has given each of us a unique message to share and a problem to solve. And the way you stay focused on your mission is by figuring out what's my message and then what's the unique way God wants me to share that message? So, for example, one of my big messages in life is perspective. And I use the outdoor adventure to help people expand their perspective on their life. And I use the coaching to help people expand their perspective on their life and see their life in a whole new way and see what God's been doing in their life in a whole new way. So I think the important thing is to figure out what has God already been equipping you to share. And the key to that is something Frederick Beekner calls listening to your life. There's a great quote by Beekner. He says, Listen to your life, see it for the fathomless mystery that it is, in the joy and the pain. All moments are key moments, and life itself is grace. And I think what he's basically saying is that God has already been building a mission and a message into you. And if you can't figure out what it is, the key is to look back and listen for what are the themes that he's been sharing in your life. So some of my themes have been, I have a master's degree in counseling, is this coaching and counseling side of things. And then I love the outdoors, so I've been doing the outdoor side of things, and that fits in with the mission that I've been called to. And again, I think sometimes throughout our life, God redirects our mission, but for now, I feel like that's really where God has me. So the key would be figuring out what's that thing God's already been preparing you to share, that message, and then sticking with that message in the unique ways he has you share it. Okay, good. Awesome. And also in your book, you mentioned something about active waiting, that there's a time where you're going to wait <laughs> for God's direction or whatever next thing he needs you to do. But while you're waiting, you're actually doing something else. And I wanted to ask, what keeps you going when you hit that waiting period, that roadblock? Uh, I'm technically speaking through your mind space because it's easier to keep our hands busy. But when the waiting period is very extensive, like a year, two years or more, you know, to when God answers you on a particular situation, how do you stay encouraged in your mind, in your spirit, in those kind of situations? Yeah, the, the waiting thing, that's a huge deal because my dad, I was complaining one time about how slow things were going. Like, dad, I'm sick of waiting. He's like, well, you know, I never think of waiting as sitting still. He said, I think of waiting as being like a waiter. What is a waiter? You ever see a waiter sitting down? No, they probably get fired, right? <laughs> a, a waiter is constantly moving around the room, serving whoever needs to be served. And that, that's kind of been a life theme for me is, you know, when I'm waiting on God, I stay busy with what's in front of me. And it's not just so you can look like you're doing something. It's because God often opens doors through people who are actively waiting. A, you know, a moving object principle of nature 
an object in motion remains in motion. And I think that's one of the things that God God's looking for people who are already showing themselves faithful in the little things. So I tell people, you know, if you're waiting for a job or something and you've got free time, go serve at your church. Just go ask them, you know. And, and I, again, one of the dangerous things is I have a lot of people say, well, you know, they're going to have me make photocopies at the church. And I'm like, well, then do it. And they're like, yeah, but I have a degree in such and such. I'm like, well, clearly you're not using that degree, so serve the way you can. But it requires humility. I think active waiting it requires serving. And again, it's not trying to twist God's arm. Look, God, look what I'm doing. It's it's really staying busy. And I often feel like God uses those situations where you end up bumping into somebody and while you're serving that can open the door to where you really want to be. But if you're just waiting, like sitting around, flipping through TGD channels and doing, you know, well, I turned in my applications and I've turned in my resumes and I'm waiting on God to provide. I think that kind of qualifies as laziness. Active waiting requires staying busy, serving while you're waiting on God to bring that dream to pass. Good, good. And to our listeners, we're having a giveaway of Joel's awesome book. We keep talking about Vision Map. Stay tuned after our time with Joel for details. So Joel, Vision Map is not your only book. Can you tell us what other materials and services you offer? Yeah, well, I wrote a bunch of little books for the coaching program. One's available called Be Brave, uh, Keys to Courageous Living, where I talk about basically as I've been working with people in the coaching program, I've seen there are some really consistent things, the fears that drive people. One of them is, is the fear of losing everything. You know, what if I have to start with nothing or restart with nothing? And I think if you really are going to live the way God wants you to live, you have to be willing at any moment to lay anything down that you're holding on to. We live with open hands. And he says, you know, beginning empty handed and alone frightens the greatest of men. But it also shows how confident they are that God is with them. And I, I think that so many times we miss out on what God has for us because he asks us to lay something down. We say, no, but, but if I lay it down, I'll start with nothing or I'll have to, the, you know, the relationship or the, the job or whatever it is. And, and I think that over and over again throughout our lives as Christians, God's going to ask us to start or restart with nothing. So the book talks about that, talks about willingness to step out. I've got a new one that I just came out with, actually just made available yesterday at findyourmessage.com. It's about what I just talked about, that idea of listening to your life. You're trying to figure out what's my purpose? Why am I here on earth? Well, God's already built that into your story. And, and if you look at your life, it's interesting. If you lay it over what makes, I write fiction as well. And if you lay your life over what makes a good story, you'll probably find that your life is going to take on a little bit more excitement than you thought was there because, you know, you've been living it. But a lot of times we're so close to our story, we don't see what God's been writing in it. And every story has an inciting incident where a character is moving along. Something happens that forces the character into action. Their, their world is turned upside down. And then they face a series of challenges that they have to overcome. And then they face this decisive battle. And they, then after the decisive battle, uh, they have this time of reflection where they kind of, you know, Frodo comes back to the Shire and tells the story of his adventures. And I think every season of our life can be broken down into that story. And as you look at that, you begin to see what were the things that God taught you through that. And a lot of times we don't even see what God taught us because we're so close to our own story. So that's what the book helps you do. Break it down, figure out, you know, what has God been working in my life? And, and then you know, hopefully I have some revelation that, wow, God has been leading me and guiding me and preparing me for my next step, and I didn't even see it coming. So that's another resource, and then I've got uh, another book I'm working on right now that will probably be out end of next year. So Awesome. Awesome. I'll be looking forward to it. I read your stuff like it's the next thing to Bible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so Joel, do you have any suggestions in addition to your resources? Do you have any other suggestions and additional resources where our listeners and, and us ourselves can find to begin our journey or to stay consistent with our journey? Yeah, so I, I mean, I can give you a list of my favorite books. Would that work? Uh, yeah, we yes. can. We can <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you want to email it to us so we can just post it on our website? Yeah, yeah, I can send it to you. Do you want me to talk about them right now? How many are they? <laughs> uh, there's, there's only three or four that I'd recommend. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. One book I always go back to every year is kind of a life checkup is a book called The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. It is a powerful book where he talks about basically the the way to get where you want to go is through disciplines. And the disciplines are, are disciplines of delaying of gratification, total dedication to truth, there's several of them, but it's a great book. It's not a Christian book per se. He actually says that he came to Christianity while writing that book. But that is a book I find myself going back to over and over and over again. It's just a powerful book. Some people call it self-help, but I really, there's a lot of Christian principles in it about love and sacrifice and discipline. It's a great book, um, Celebration of Discipline. Another friend, uh, book I go back to over and over again is How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's one of those books that everybody's like, oh, that doesn't sound very, very Christian, you know, influence people. But I think it's actually very Christian, and the principles in it are very Christian. It's the idea of basically caring for others, and when you care for them, you will make friends that way. But there's some really great stuff in that. I go back to that book over and over again. In terms of Christian books that influence me, another one that I read, and this is kind of an intellectual heady book, but it's called Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. That is a book that I just, I go back to it over and over again. It's a phenomenal book. Chesterton, it really inspired C.S. Lewis. He's a British writer, and you find me quoting from him all the time. I just, I love his stuff. Chesterton's one, and then another book I always go back to is John Piper's Desiring God. Oh, um, yeah, I just it's, find a book. it's a good book, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's another heady book, but when you wrap your mind around that concept, it, it actually answers a lot of questions that I had growing up that nobody ever really adequately answered for me about my faith but when i read that i started to see wow this all makes sense oh okay uh, is that it <laughs> yeah i mean i can send you some more but those those are kind of the key ones that i always recommend to people oh, okay mm -hmm. yeah just making sure all right then we've actually come to the end of our interview i, I really did not want to stop but i was like okay let's stop <laughs> But thank you so much, Joel, for your knowledge, for the wisdom you gave to our listeners, to us, the resources, which we're going to put on our website as well. And we like to kind of give a, a question to our speakers to answer as kind of like a goodbye question. <laughs> and it is, if you had a day with God, what question will you ask him and why? That is a really tough question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not the only one who said that. <laughs> you know, well, if I had the whole day, I'd probably ask a ton of questions. If I only had one question, that would be hard. <laughs> I would ask a couple of questions about some seasons of my life, why I had to go through those. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, won't we all? <laughs> so, yeah, probably questions about you know certain seasons of my life and why he chose to have things unroll that way. I guess I would ask myself, I'd ask him, did I make a mistake or is that really the way you wanted it to roll out? Oh, yes, that's, that's a, a good, good one. Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, because you always kind of wonder that. You're like, well, God made it good. He really did make it good. But could I have made this easier on myself? No. Yeah, that's a good like, question. Like, did I have to go through all of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah, personal responsibility, I guess, is how much did I 
Anyway, so my God. Yeah, what part of this was my hand in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like how much of this did I actually screw up? I can yeah. tell you the way to ask yep. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, Joel. We had such a great time with you. You definitely cracked us up the whole time. But anyways, this actually the conclusion of everything. Laura, do you have anything to say? Or? No, thank you so much, Joel. I bragged really about good. you, Joel. <laughs> I bragged about you a lot. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. I'm- Once again, we'd like to thank Joel so much for coming on our podcast and sharing his beautiful story. If you loved this episode and what Joel had to say, we're having a giveaway. Yay! We'll be giving three of our blessed listeners a copy of his life-changing book, Vision Map. It's so good, y'all. I've had it for a couple of years. I still read it till this day. It's a huge blessing to us and hopefully to you. And all we ask is that you like us on Facebook and Instagram, you share our page on Facebook, you repost our picture giveaway on Instagram, and subscribe to our podcast. You know you love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, guys. And let us know whether you like the episode. Thank you. For all resources, check out our website, and we would love your feedback. You can send an email to hello at millennialfaithpodcast.com or you can tell us what you think on our social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Till then, catch you next time on Millennial Faith Podcast.